What is happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fresh Hope for Better You. I'm your host, as always, Alvin Goulet, and I'm here to bring you some fresh hope for your day. Once again, as always, I want to start off by saying thank you guys for leaving the great ratings and reviews. I appreciate all the feedback, and uh, like you guys have said, you guys have enjoyed all of the past guests I've had on. And today, I'm bringing you another special one, one of my other fellow Arte brothers, Josh Koshnick. Josh is an entrepreneur, a leadership coach, an EOS implementer, and the host of the Spartan Leadership Podcast. He's also a patriotic husband and father, and someone I look up to and who has helped me out a lot over the last year. Welcome aboard, uh, Josh. Thanks for coming on. Hey, really excited to be with you, Oliver. Always good to spend time together and see how much impact we can have for your audience. Heck yeah. That's awesome, man. So why don't you uh, start off with just you know giving a little background on who you are? Well, you gave a pretty good intro, but uh, I am a father of four and husband to my amazing wife, Jenna, first and foremost. Uh, and like you said, doing a leadership coaching EOS implementation, I've been doing that for a couple of years. Before then, I owned a very large financial firm, had over 100 advisors, about 250 employees total, and sold that a couple of years ago. And uh, I had a lot of fun building my own wealth management practice, as well as leading a firm and really found that my joy was coming from leading people. And so many people, uh, just a quick segue, a lot of people ask about sales versus leadership and should they go into, I just had this conversation a couple of days ago with someone, should they pursue the leadership path? And really my thought is, where are you finding joy? And my joy always came from leading people, helping solve problems and then getting to solve bigger problems for people uh, over time. I really find to be able to inspire an impact folks in a bigger way and show them how to lead by example is where my true calling is. So that's where I spend the majority of my days doing. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, just from looking at you and just seeing your social media platforms and stuff and the Spartan Leadership Podcast, you are truly a leader. I'm From the day I met you, I could see that and it stands out. And the fact that I'm a lot younger than you, but I also see myself as a leader and I try to be as much as I can for my age. And that's something I do really enjoy is leading people. So that's something we connect on. So how was the transition? Yeah. Before yeah. you get into that, I want to say someone your age, though, it's even more important. I just want to point this out because we're in a um, really we're recording this in a really tumultuous time. All the stuff that just happened over in Israel, our prayers go out to them. I, I, I was kind of detached. I've been in Vegas the past few days. And, and in this, you know, alternate reality, because I've been around all these high achievers, and I'm coming back and catching up on these messages. And here at UW-Madison, and I know many other campuses across the country, there was pro-Hamas, like rallies, like students promoting and actually um, cheering for the deaths of these civilians that happened in Israel, which I'm like, okay, so people your age and a little bit younger, I'm like, we failed you as like, so people my age and older absolutely failed you and let these liberal uh, professors into these universities and indoctrinated our youth to the point where you're cheering for people that literally cut babies' heads off. What the fuck are you thinking, right? So we need people like you, Oliver, leading at your age and giving people like me hope about this next generation. So I really appreciate you and your leadership and trying to help people around your age. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. You know, the only way the world's ever going to change is if, you know, people like me and you and especially kids my age 
Otherwise, like you said, the next generation just fucked. The world just keeps getting worse and worse. And the fact that people are rooting for, you know, innocent people being fucking slaughtered is absolutely fucking disgusting. I'm totally against all that bullshit because ultimately it comes down to it's just the point one percent of the people that are controlling that and causing all this bullshit and all the, you know, bad things that happen to all these innocent people. And it's just disgusting. And I hate seeing it. Yeah, 100 percent. All right, let's talk about something more positive. But Yes, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. So, how was the transition out of the financial to you becoming an EOS implementer and running out your own game plan? Yeah, well, a good question. So, I didn't want to transition out. I was forced out. I unfortunately had a, uh, and you know the story, but I unfortunately had a young leader in my organization that uh, decided he wanted to make a quick payday and uh, played the race card and uh, sued me for discrimination. And uh, completely unfounded because this is a person I really cared for and brought into the organization myself, mentored him, taught him everything I know. And because of the political environment and his own selfish ambitions, decided to take the wrong path. And then the company that I represented, uh, Fortune 100 company, um, they decided to get themselves out of the lawsuit and terminate a great leader in me uh, to get themselves out and allow me to handle. So I, I was essentially stabbed in the front and the back by someone A, I cared for, and then the B, the company that I had cared for my entire career as well. So it was a really, really tough transition. It wasn't something that I would wish upon anyone. Uh, however, I was just leaned into my faith in God and uh, that he had a bigger plan for me. And I even quipped on my uh, post this morning that I made that I, even in that darkest time, I was like, man, he must have some big, big plans for me because to put me through this pain and, uh, and see everything that I built just kind of just go away. <clears throat> it was, it was a tough time, but you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. One thing I, I wrote in my journal uh, during those dark days was two words. They're what, <clears throat> excuse me, they're watching. And I was talking about my kids, my four kids at that time. And uh, making sure that I got up every day, making sure that I, I presented myself in a positive manner, even though I was going through some mental torture uh, to my kids to show them that I can, you know, no matter what happens to you in life, because everyone's going to face hard times, whether it's death of loved ones, whether it's a health related thing, whether it's a career related thing like I just went through, um, you're going to go through hard times. And the, the point is, you got to get yourself up. You got to dust yourself off. You got to do the work mentally to get yourself right. And then you got to dream again. Like what's next? You got to pray a lot. You got to figure out what God has for in store for you. So through that transition, I was able to dream again. I was able to think about what do I want the next steps to look like? And I actually created a, uh, just a line down a piece of paper T-chart as accountants would call it, except on one side of the paper, I just put, what did I love about my previous role in life and business? And what did I hate? And as I wrote those lists on each side of the piece of paper, I started to ask myself questions like, what if I could create a world that I only did this stuff on this side, the stuff I love, and I could mitigate or eliminate all the stuff on the side that I hate. And so therefore I decided because I had uh, multi-million dollar offers to join another financial firm. And what they wanted from me was to take and build uh, another firm or help them build their firm and take my other advisors that I had in my previous company and recruit them over. And although that would have been sweet revenge and it would have been something that I was comfortable with and something that I knew in a world that I knew, uh, something never sat right in my stomach about it. Like God was telling me every time I took one of those meetings, I just kind of felt sick coming out of it. 
And it wasn't that they did anything wrong or that they were slimy or anything like that. It was that I felt like God was telling me that I had accomplished everything I needed to in that career and it was time to move on. And so I said, as I leaned into that, I'm like, okay, if I could coach and develop and inspire and impact people that which I was doing within my firm, if I could do that at a bigger level and help entrepreneurs solve their problems, instead of me having to actually deal with the problems myself, I was like, I, I kind of like that world. And so as I uncovered that, I saw that the leaders and entrepreneurs really have two major issues and probably 140, 150 issues underneath those, but two major ones, one being leadership development or human development, and the other one being systems and processes to help grow. And although I was really, really talented and good at uh, developing people, the systems and processes weren't necessarily my thing because remember, I represented a Fortune 100 company. They set up all the systems and processes for me before. So I needed to get more skilled in that. And that's where I sought out what was the best uh, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial system. And it happens to be EOS is what I came, I kept coming back to EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. And if anyone's read the book Traction that by Gino Wickman, that's where it comes from. So I went and got trained so that I could help entrepreneurs not only develop their people on a you know leadership side of things or human development side of things, but also on systems and processes to help them grow. So now when we onboard a coaching client or business, uh, we're figuring out what area do they need most help with? Leadership and human development or systems and processes? And then we'll attack one of those first. That's awesome. So I know you had uh, a unofficial RTA Matt event out at uh, your farm. So tell us a little bit about that beautiful farm you got going on over there. Yeah, so that was actually part of it. Uh, part of the story I left out is, well, there's a lot that I've left out, but uh, one of the key things as you bring this up was, as I started going down that path of coaching, speaking, and uh, um, consulting for businesses, and I speak on, on platforms as well, my wife, my beautiful wife says, hey, I don't want you traveling like our two friends, Ben Newman, Jordan Montgomery, um, two great friends of mine that speak and coach and, and uh, are traveling a lot. I have four young kids uh, and she's just like, I just don't want you traveling as much. And I'm like, I can respect that. I, I don't want to be away from the family that much either. Uh, so I had this field of dreams moment, not right in that moment, but as I was doing some dreaming and meditating stuff of that nature, I had a field of dreams moment where if I was like, you know, and for those young people in the audience that haven't seen the Field of Dreams movie, there's a classic line, if you build it, they will come. And so I had this moment, that's what I mean by a Field of Dreams moment. So I was like, what if I built out a retreat center where I could bring people, bring entrepreneurs, bring people out into the wilderness. And by wilderness, you've been out here. It's... <laughs> You got, it's like glamping, right? So beautiful home, beautiful barn, beautiful horse arena. Um, yeah, there's nothing truly wilderness like you're going to sleep in a tent and a cot and anything like that that's out here. But actually, I'm sitting in the house as we speak. Uh, so you can see that it's it's not so wildernessy. But uh, bottom line is, what if we could get people out of their offices, out of their fluorescent lights, away from their computer screens, and actually work inward, get out of the business to work on the business, and especially work on themselves so that they can become better human beings and go back to the world uh, and back to their leadership teams and back to their families as better human beings. And so we started building out this 80 acre estate uh, to be able to accomplish that mission. 
Yeah, it's it's an amazing place. I remember. I mean, it does have you know some outdoorsy feel to it because me and Chris uh, Warner, we actually got it. We got up in the morning to make eggs, and we went and go picked some fresh eggs. So that was awesome. We had to chase some chickens around, get them back in the pen. But yeah, it's awesome and beautiful out there. <laughs> yeah, which one of you guys let those chickens out? Because I saw that video of Chris having to chase one down. That was pretty funny. It was. I'm, all right, I'll accept ownership. It was partially my fault and his fault, but end of the story we got the chickens back in that's all that matters <laughs> like like the original rocky movie you guys out there chasing chickens around trying to ch get them back into the pen <laughs> they were some of the best eggs i've ever had to be honest it was awesome and that was an amazing event you put on and i can't wait to uh for you to put on another one because it was awesome being out there and connecting with so many like-minded individuals so I know you just got back from a uh, Ben Newman's event. You want to tell us how that went and, you know, some takeaways and stuff? Yeah, man, amazing. So one of the rules that I have, and this is a great rule to live by for anyone that's a family man or woman. Um, yeah, I said man or woman. There's only two genders. Uh, however, so I'm just going to try and inspire some people and possibly piss some people off today. But uh, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is any time – that you go away from your loved ones, make sure you come back a better person. And so that's always been my rule and promise to myself, but also my wife and my kids is that if I, if I have to travel, I'm coming back to you a better human being. And so that's what I really focus on. And, and this event, man, I'm still processing, right? So I was able to speak on stage with Ed Milet and Ben Newman, which was an absolutely surreal experience for me. Uh, to be speaking next to those two powerhouses and overlooking the Vegas Strip. But Dr. Gabrielle Lyon was there. Tim Grover was there. Justin Gatlin was there. And a host of uh, a number of other speakers that just absolutely crushed it. And so it's interesting. Tim Grover gets on stage and says, I'm not a, a motivational speaker. And I had a few minutes with him one-on-one -on -one, uh, that evening. And I was like, I got to tell you, I've heard you speak numerous times. Once at, you know, when I was with the Fortune 100 company, he spoke there once at Arate. And then again, here at this event, I've heard you say that from stage each time. But I got to tell you, you're lying because you motivate the shit out of everyone that you speak to. And he goes, I appreciate that. And he's kind of downplaying. It's interesting, you know, even the best of the best like him trying to downplay. One of the questions I asked him, I was like, hey, what's it like? Because you were always behind the scenes to now be kind of just known by everyone like i grew up a bulls fan i grew up in central illinois and uh, before i moved to wisconsin and so my loyalties are tied to chicago so i live in enemy territory now as a bears fan around a bunch of cheeseheads but uh i asked him i was like you know i didn't know who you were when i was growing up right i just you know followed the team they didn't put you out in front and he goes that was by design you know, I wanted to be behind the scenes. I just wanted to be a catalyst to Michael Jordan and his success. And he goes, actually, the last dance, when they spoke more about me, and as Michael was putting that together, he said, hey, you're really going to be on display now. He said, uh, this is your time. And now every almost everyone knows who Tim Grover is as an author, as a speaker, as Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade's trainer. And so it's interesting, you know, you go through these periods of life where, you know, he was integral to the success of these championships, not only for Michael Jordan, but Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. And now he's out front as a, a motivational speaker and author and as just an awesome human being. 
Uh, so it's just interesting to see his evolution and get some conversation with him. But I'll tell you what, Ben put on a phenomenal event. And the, the biggest takeaway that I'll say for, for young people like you, Oliver, and you already know this because you've been in those rooms, whether it's at my event or an Arate event or otherwise, get yourself in room of dreamers. Get yourself in those rooms because the majority of the people around you, if you're a high achiever, aren't going to understand you. They're going to try and pull you down because they you're exceeding where they're comfortable being. And they're going to try and pull you back down to that level. They're going to be like, well, oh, you're not drinking with us tonight. You're not going to party with us tonight. You're too good for us. They're trying to pull you back down to their level. And your level and your dreams are going to exceed that. And, and so your goal is to bring them with you. But if they don't want to come, that's on them. And so get yourself into rooms where people... Actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I wrote this today as well because it was one of my biggest takeaways is sometimes we feel like we're crazy because we're alone a lot of times as entrepreneurs. And then you put yourself in rooms like that and all of a sudden you're like, I'm not thinking big enough. And it's a crazy realization when you're in that room with other high achievers and you're sitting there going, I thought I was thinking big and I, yet I have all these people calling me crazy. And now I'm in this room and I'm like, I don't, I'm not thinking big enough. I got to, I got to step my game up. And so that's why you want to put yourself in those rooms. And that's why the uh, Napoleon Hill all the way back in Think and Grow Rich was written in, uh, which was written in the thirties, 1930s. It's coming up on a hundred years of saying this is that you will be the average of the five people you spend the most time with and the books that you read. And I'll also advocate that the podcast you listen to as well as what you feed your mind that's why he's saying that when you put yourself in you're spending time with those people, you're automatically going to elevate your game and your dreams and your life. Yeah, that's something I want to touch on, like being on an island with me being 26. Like I can't really relate to fucking anyone around me, which is why I'm a part of Arte and these other mastermind groups and stuff like that. And like the fact that during like if I tell someone who isn't on the same level, they don't think like me, my dreams and my goals. They're like, oh, you know, you're never going to amount to that. And it's like, yeah, hanging around you, I'm not going to fucking amount to that because guess what? You're going to try pulling me down. And that's like the number one thing I'm always talking to people is like, if you want to elevate, you got to really like look at who you spend your time with. Like most of my time is now it's spent by myself and my girlfriend and it's on Zoom calls because ultimately it's about being connected with like-minded people. Like there's no one really around my area that thinks like me. So I spend most of my time on Zoom, which it can be lonely as shit but it's well worth it. And like next week uh, I'll be in Pennsylvania going to Brad Moderich's event, which like I need to go to events and stuff like that every once in a while to remind myself, like I'm not the only one And It's just a lot nicer to be in person and talking to these people because that sparks my interest. And then it makes me think even bigger, like you said. So thanks for touching on that. Yeah, you bet. That'll be a great event, by the way. I was with Brad this week. Yeah, Brad's an awesome guy. I'm super excited. He's helped me out a tremendous amount. Basically, I mean, I, I'm going through and interviewing all the people and having on the podcast that have helped me out. So I do appreciate that, Josh. I mean, you have been someone I look up to. And uh, like when, when you went back to saying like, you know, they're watching, people are always watching, especially their kids. And for the audience listening and stuff like that, if you go through a hard time, you really have to focus on like, you know, who is watching. You still have to get up every day like you did. Like you could have played the victim card and been like, why me? Why me? And lay in fucking bed all day. But that's just not who you are. You got up and you found your next dream and your next vision. And that projected you to the life that you were truly meant to live, Josh. Yeah. And it's not, it wasn't just my kids. I'm glad you touched on that. I got so many comments from people I had no clue were watching. 
that said, hey, I just want to uh, like even reach out via DM or if I ran into them in person locally, they're like, hey, I just want to tell you I respect the hell out of you for what you've done and what you're doing because a lot of people wouldn't have gotten up. They would have stayed down. Yeah, no, because, I mean, life will beat you down, but it's only like like you said, you have to have faith in God that he's got something planned for your future that's even bigger and more incredible than what you're currently experiencing because ultimately would you be as happy as you are now if you were still in the same position, or do you think you're happier now doing what you do? You know, I get asked that a lot. Uh, so I am 100% happier now than I was before. Uh, but I'm always careful to say this, like, or people ask it differently. Like, do you miss it? I miss my people. And I still have a good relationship with almost all of them. Uh, and again, there's, you know, of the 250, like I wasn't close with all of them, but I was close with a large part of them because I was with them for 16 years, a lot of them. So I miss my people a lot and being in the fight with them on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but I'm 100% happier doing what I'm doing now and not having to deal with some of the compliance issues, HR issues, um, egotistical advisors issues, like some of those things I don't miss at all. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So let's transition into, you know, I'm huge into fitness and I know you are too. You're a freaking monster in the gym. Uh, what does fitness like mean to your life and why is it such a priority for you? Yeah. Glad you asked that. So I actually, part of my talk uh, that I gave in Las Vegas was specifically on that because it was 2016. I went to Ben's last boot camp. It's been seven years since he actually ran one. And uh, half of that happened to be in Vegas as well. And uh, that was the year that I was at the peak of my professional career. I just was named managing partner and bought out that large firm. And uh, I had let my health go a little bit in pursuit of that dream, you know? So I was not, I never was like overweight. I would call myself at that time, like skinny fat. Um, you know, I had gone from a high level athlete playing college football and been in pretty good shape the majority of my life to focusing more professionally and letting myself go a little bit. And I had an epiphany at that event. I'm like, I got three little girls to walk down the aisle someday. And my son wasn't born yet. And I need to do everything in my power to fulfill that responsibility to them. And not only that, I knew that the stress of the job was also about to pick up drastically. The problems as you elevate your game, as you get higher positionally, uh, the, the, the problems increase exponentially. And so to handle that stress, I needed to get my body and mind into shape as well. So over the the course of the last seven years, I've just been progressing, progressing, progressing to the point that I'm bigger and stronger than I was playing college football. And I'm now 20 plus years older than that. I just, I just turned 43. So it's, it's interesting, like when you put your mind to it, obviously I got my hormones checked. I got all the different things done to continue to elevate my game over the last seven years. But I, what I said from stage was, I don't know if I'd be standing before you today had I not made that change in 2016 at his last boot camp. Because what I had to endure, not just with the professional, you know, betrayal and stab in the back and, you know, termination and all that different stuff, but my father-in-law's suicide, like all these different things that have happened over the past few years uh, for in my life, had I not been strong mentally and physically, I don't know that I'd be standing 
before people today. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Yeah, no, that's awesome because fitness is such a big part of my life with me being extremely overweight, being an ex-drug addict. Like I found passion in fitness. And once I started to actually like get in shape and be proud of myself, my confidence boosted. I started actually getting out of my comfort zone and ultimately allowed me to share my voice and my story because ultimately I think most people are held back. Uh, the number one limitation I found for myself was my physical health. And as soon as I fixed that problem, everything else started to change because I truly believe everything in life is tied to your physical health. Because if you're neglecting that, you're going to neglect every other area of your life. Well, you're absolutely right. And in fact, Dr. Gabrielle Lyons said that from stage this week. She said the number one reason people don't achieve is their health. The number one reason you don't achieve your next biggest thing <clears throat> is health. And that that exponentially goes the the reasoning behind that exponentially goes up the old. Yeah, I think there is a nature and a nurture thing um, because there is there are people that uh, tend to um, they have some traits that are innate, but uh, I will say that the majority are made, not born. Because even if you have those natural traits, if you if they're not fostered, if they're not uh, fed into. They, they they will go away and they won't be utilized in the right way. Or they could be used in a more like, again, if you go down the narcissistic path, they could be used in a real wrong way. So we have to continue to foster those right traits uh, over and over again. So it really comes to humility as a leader is a, is a big trait. And I think that uh, that's not something that I had early on in my you know, twenties or leadership career, um, because you have this imposter syndrome and trying to make sure that you're, uh, you are who you say you are. Right. So there's, there's a lot that goes into that seeking the right mentors, getting in rooms of people that are, uh, that you respect and are doing things the right way so that you try to emulate those people. So reading books from the masters, from Napoleon Hill to John Maxwell uh, to some other, like I like some of the religious leaders like Craig Rochelle and Erwin McManus and listening to like what you feed your brain. And then it's also repetition, screwing up and being humble enough to say, yeah, I fucked that up. And here, so one of the biggest things that I fucked up early in my career was I always had the right intent, but because I'm a blunt person by nature, the impact was a miss from my intent. So I would not think about the words that were going to, I was, that were coming out of my mouth before I said them. And therefore I may hurt someone's feelings. And that wasn't my intent because my intent was to give them feedback. So I had to think more early on in my career about how am I going to say what I'm about to say so that my message is received in a positive manner. It still could sting the person a little bit to hear that feedback, depending on how mature they are or where they're at in their season of life. However, if you can, and here's a, a practical example for you. if I say something to you and I see or I read in your body language that it's stung a little bit, I'm going to ask a follow-up question and say, how did, how did you hear what I just said? How, did, how does that feel or how does that, how does that resonate with you? Because what I might be saying is 100% true and it may be something that just stings to hear, but you want to check in with them and make sure that they're hearing it in the proper way. And if they yeah. didn't, then you can say, okay, well, 
here's here's what I meant. And by the way, if you don't ask those questions in the and you hear something from someone else, like another key confidant comes in and says, "Hey, uh, Josh, you you messed Oliver up earlier today. What well, what did you say to him?" I'm like, well, here's what I said. I'm like, and then I may go and put my hand on your shoulder later in the day and say, "Hey, I just want to make sure we're good because." I see a special talent in you and here's all the things I see. And also use the word and versus but, because if you say but, it negates everything that you just said before. So if you just said, if I just said, hey, Oliver, I see all these great things in you, but I actually just negated what I just said. So I want to say, hey, Oliver, I see all these great things in you. And there's this one area that you're kind of screwing up right now. And if you fix that area, it's now going to elevate your game to a whole nother level. So those are all the things that, that's just one quick example, I should say, but really that fostering, getting around great leaders and being mentored or coached by great leaders. Like I've had at least one coach in my life uh, for going on 20 years. And that's not counting sports. This, This is business coaches. So do you think having a business coach is beneficiary to people? Uh, if you're in business, I think that uh, having a business coach is not just ben- beneficial, it's crucial, necessary. Uh, not only for accountability, uh, but for feedback, for collaboration, uh, for helping you solve big problems. Um, I think it's a necessary thing for people in business. For people in life, you know, life coaches is such a uh, it's kind of blown up and Tony Robbins has really accelerated that for, for a lot of people. And now I see all these life coaches springing up as a career where they really haven't accomplished shit in their life. Um, they're like, oh, I can't figure out anything I want to do with my life. So I'll become a life coach and rob people of their money and pretend I know what I'm talking about. Um, so you got to be really careful. I actually know a couple of really good life coaches. One locally here actually wrote the curriculum for UW-Madison. Um, she's phenomenal. Uh, and I would be happy referring people to her. But I also know a ton of shitty ones that are kind of like the example of what I just said that, you know, went through a Tony Robbins course and they couldn't figure out what they want to do with their life. So now they're going to tell other people how they should live their life. Um, so to answer your question, if you're in business, a coach is necessary. Yeah, 100%. Here's some questions for people that are around your age. Um, Well, actually, really for anyone. If you think about those people that were saying, hey, why don't you just have this one drink or trying to push you off your 75 hard track, uh, instead of being silent, go, "Why why are you trying to sabotage what I'm trying to accomplish right now? And you'll probably get some bullshit answer, but like it literally just opens it up. Like, why, why would you think that you can sabotage? And who do you think I am that I would allow you to sabotage what I'm trying to accomplish right now? What is it about me that you think that you can sabotage? And like, and then you kind of say, like, I'm not sure I want to be in a relationship with someone that's good. Because you're opening that door to say, hey, I'm probably not going to be in a relationship with someone that's going to try and sabotage my goals. And you can just call it out. And then, because then you don't just disappear and ghost someone, right? It's like you're literally giving them the opportunity to be a friend and be a supporter in your life or get the fuck out. 
And so maybe that comes more from my blunt nature, but I always like asking questions versus making statements. And again, this has been more of my uh, evolution is helping people come to their own conclusions. And I do this a lot through coaching as well, because I don't, I don't necessarily want to give you the answer. I want to help lead you to the answer. So that, that's where those questions come up. Well, like if you have a friend that, you know, that was trying to sabotage you during 75 hard or any goal that you're trying to accomplish, like wh why are you doing that? And why do you think you can do that to me? Yeah. Cause one thing I've learned is over the years is like, you know, I used to have all these quote unquote friends that I thought were really my friends, but ultimately they were just holding me back. They didn't push me to become better. They were comfortable with me going out drinking, partying, doing drugs, just all the shit that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing. But the fact that I hung around them, like, you know, Napoleon Hills talks about, like, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. The fact that I was spending so much time with them, I was lowering my standards and that's just because they didn't want to grow. And then when I finally started my self-development journey, like they'd always give me shit because they're like, oh, you're on 75 hard. Just have this drink, do this, do that. Like, and it's like, no, you're just trying to pull me back down. And then it got to the point where I just couldn't spend any time with those people. And then I kind of went through that transitionary period where like Andy talks about no man's land, where it's like, you feel like you're just absolutely alone because you're on this journey of self-development, but none of your quote unquote friends are willing to go with you on that. And then luckily I found RTA and, you know, all you amazing people in there that continue to push me to become better all the time. And I think that that's something that like, I know a lot of people have that feeling deep down that they're meant for more, but they aren't willing to evaluate their circle and they don't want to leave their friends or family behind because even with my family, they don't understand me. And I have to limit my time. I give them, which really it's, it, I used to say it sucks but now I know that it's benefiting me and they're starting to understand it because what do we really talk about? We can talk about certain things, but that only lasts so, so long. I can't just share my knowledge with them because they just don't understand. So I think that's been a huge thing that's helped me along my journey is just really finding people that are pushing me to become better because if it was just me and I didn't have anyone to push me, I'd just be comfortable. That's what human nature is. We want to seek comfort all the time. But, you know, having people like you and, you know, Chris Warrens and Brad and, you know, looking up to Andy and Ed and Ben and all these people, it really just, like, makes me think, like, I can accomplish what these guys are. Guess what? We're the same people. We're people. We're human beings. They can accomplish as much as you want. But the more you surround yourself with like-minded individuals, the more likely you are going to be able to reach whatever goals you have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine too. Like if you, but you shouldn't ever try and sabotage someone else's path. Right. And even if, uh, and that's what we got to realize as high achievers too, like you just said, it's uh, you know, there's some people that just want to live their life in a nine to five and go home and watch TV and whatever. And that's okay too. That's their life. Yeah, that's very true. I never really thought about it. I mean, it was also when I was 22 years old when I started that. And the only thing I was thinking about was making money and trying to get fit at that point. And I was just like, oh, I just won't even deal with that problem. Like, I just won't spend time with them. But knowing what I know now, it's something I'd be like, okay, why are you reflecting, you know, your insecurities on me type thing? And that would open the door for them to really, you know, reflect on themselves why they're feeling a certain way. If I'm trying to better myself and they're not, it's going to make them ultimately feel bad. And a lot of people that I used to spend time with, I didn't even have to say anything. They just quit hitting me up and stuff because they realized like he's on a completely different path. And like, there's still friends of mine that I, you know, I talk to periodically, not as much as I used to, but they're on a different path and I don't hate them. I still have love for them and want nothing but the best for them. But the fact that I'm on a different path than they are, 
and they had the opportunity to go with me and they didn't take it just shows where their priorities are and where they want to go with their life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, not everyone can be a, you know, high achiever. We do need people flipping burgers at McDonald's. So yeah, very true. So I want to touch back. I know you touched on a lot of great authors like Napoleon Hill and stuff like that. A uh, question I've been asking uh, my guests is, what book has made the biggest impact on your life? I know you, you're an implementer of the EOS system, so I know traction has been a huge part of your life. But is there any book that specifically, like, you know, is life-changing or really helped shape the mindset you currently have? Yeah, traction is only applicable to entrepreneurs, right? So uh, that that limits the scope of that book. So I would, yeah, it's, it's had a big influence, but it, it limits to entrepreneurs only. Um so the Bible, first and foremost, but uh, then if we look at anything beyond like a religious text, Think and Grow Rich is, I think, the number one book of all time. Like, I think literally every mindset uh, motivational book has ripped bits and pieces from Think and Grow Rich uh, ever since that book's been written. I mean, there are books written nowadays that people spent 20 years doing research to then write a book. And that's what Napoleon Hill did. Stephen Covey also did that for Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I also put that book in my top three as well. So those are 20-year researched books to then be written, and they're timeless. So if you only read two books the rest of your life, beyond, again, if you're a believer and follow the Bible, um, beyond that book, which you should also always be reading, Think and Grow Rich and How to Win, or I'm sorry, how to Win Friends and Influence People is another one, but Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Think and Grow Rich, those two books, I would say, would uh, set you up for success. Well, um, is there anything that you would recommend to the listeners today uh, that they can do today to start, you know, their self-development journey or, you know, just the journey of becoming a better version of themselves? Uh, whatever you do, do it daily, right? So anything that's going to be, you're going to become great at, you're going to put in the work to be great. So meaning a lot of people want greatness, but good becomes before greatness. And the good is putting in the work to become great. So you have to be good before you become great. And I, and I have a saying that I always end Spartan Leadership Podcast with is good and great are the enemies of possible, which means there is a level beyond good and great. And so, but first you have to put in the work to be good. And that's where the practice repetitions and all that stuff happens. So it has to be done daily. So that's where reading and stuff of that nature. But my biggest overall thing for what I want for my life, so it doesn't necessarily need to be what anyone else wants, but if they want to be a person of influence, which I know influencer is a, you know, funny thing nowadays where it's just how to be an influencer on Instagram or whatever, by posting nudie pictures or whatever else. My point, my influence is to be a value to people. Being an influencer isn't being a value, it's being flashy. So if I can be an influencer of any sort, it's to be a value to everyone that I come into contact with. And so that's being knowledgeable, that's being respected, that's being a connector of great people. Uh, and all of the, there's a whole bunch of things that I could list underneath that. But the way you become valuable is by being knowledgeable, by being great at what you do, by being a person with humility, by being a person that actually genuinely cares about people instead of just yourself. Uh, so narcissists, I'm speaking a foreign language to them. They don't know what I'm talking about right now. 
but it's actually thinking about others before yourself. And so that's what I see. Like if you really want to uh, make an impact in this world, you have to be a person of value. And so that's, that's what I strive for on a daily basis and would hope that more and more people would, because the more people of value that we have in this and they're seeking to help others before themselves, uh, the better off our society will be. Well, heck yeah. I appreciate that. So where can they find you on socials and connect with you, Josh? So I'm at Josh Kosnick, K-O-S-N-I-C-K on all platforms. And then Spartan Leadership Podcast. Would love to have you there, visit there as well. We're having leader-to-leader conversations. And then once a month, we do some, a leadership and review where we're uh, having fun, smoking a cigar, talking about something contentious and uh, and showing people how to have a contentious conversation from all sides of the political aisle and come out friends on the other end. So we have fun on there. We love to have an impact. Like, again, I said, uh, being a person of value is something I strive for. Uh, so I'd love to connect with anyone there on uh, either my podcast platform or any of my social media platforms. Any questions, I'm always available. Now, I'm trying to never get too big where I can't uh, answer questions for people. Well, awesome, Josh. I want to say I'm truly grateful for you, brother. You're someone I look up to tremendously. You've helped me out a lot lot, uh, during my journey. And uh, I just want to say I'm grateful for you, man. And I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, there's a ton of value in this show. So for you listeners, if you think you you could find someone that would benefit from it, make sure you share it and make sure you guys check Josh out on socials. And uh, that's all we got for you guys today. And always remember, there is a fresh hope for better you. I love you.